Welcome to Vitalnomics, the Church Vitality Podcast, a digital arm of the Church Vitality Network. I'm your host, Gary Moritz, and joining me will be today's voices in church revitalization and renewal. This is a place to find spiritual health, active leadership, and finding legacy over longevity. No matter where you are on the revitalization journey, God is writing your story through His church. He's called you to do it. So whatever you do, don't quit. Reach out and keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. If you find this episode helpful, share it. If you have some helpful insights on revitalization, let's share them on the show. Now, let's get into today's topic. Welcome back to another episode of Vitalnomics, where we bring clarity around vitality. And I'm so excited about today's topic. But before we get into that, if I can just share my heart a little bit. As I'm getting older, I've been having a lot of flashbacks from the 80s and really thinking about what I valued as a kid. And so I recently pulled out my Castle Grayskull from the cartoon He-Man. So maybe you've never heard of He-Man, just look it up. He's the only guy in the 80s that wore Uggs in a Speedo, which is really disturbing. But he had a really weird haircut and he was strong and muscular and he was called He-Man. But at one time I valued that, but now... I'm valuing other things like kingdom things. And so today on Vitalnomics, we are talking about finding your values in church revitalization. And once again, we have Jim Randall from Mixano on the show. And Jim, welcome again. And here's the question. What did you value as a kid? Oh, man, what a great question, Gary. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me back. Okay, 80s. Let's go 80s. I'm just a, I'm a few years older than you. 80s, mid 80s, 1977 Pontiac Trans Am. Come on. Uh throwback, come on now. Uh Smokey and the Bandit car, Trans Am. <laughs> Mine was brown in the in the uh in the movie it was black and the gold Firebird on the hood. That's right. So that was my uh, that was my car back in the 80s that I had for a few years till I realized how much gas even back then how much it how much it costs to keep gas in it but you're talking about value that thing wow i mean i I don't think i cleaned my my room my whole life but that car was always in pristine (laughs) condition because i was going to take care of it like nothing else i mean yeah totally for sure that that is my uh that's what i'm that's my answer i love it 1977 pontiac trans am Oh, man, that thing's worth a lot of money today. I guarantee it. Yeah, I should have kept it, man. I should have kept it. (laughs) Well, we're talking about kingdom things here, and uh, we're talking about finding your values in church revitalization. And I remember on the last time that we were having a discussion, we were talking about the five irreducible questions of leadership where we talked about, obviously, the first question. But we're going to continue the conversation, not just talking about mission because we talked about that last time, but now we're going to talk about the next question and so i want to kind of get into that kind of give you the floor and just talk about that second irreducible question of leadership yeah gary that after a uh a ministry leader addresses that question that first question of what are we doing around mission they really have to immediately step into the second question which is why are we doing it right and oftentimes you're going to hear me say what is the what's the why behind our what yeah like at the like at the very heart what is it what is it that what, what do we believe what do we you know what is it that is so important to us that we're not willing to compromise it 
that we believe in it is so strong and it becomes this motivator um, and this way that we're able to begin to say, hey, we're going to rally around it in such a strong way that um, people are going to know our why. And, you know, there's all types of types of leaders out there and 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 authors that talk about how important it is to know your why. Right. To know why you do what you do. And uh, so it's really critical for leaders to address that question as the, what we would call that second irreducible question of leadership. No, that's really good. And and so I'm thinking my head's spinning as you're talking. And I think about when I go into a church and I'm talking to the lead pastor and he shares what he values. And then I go right. have a conversation with some church members and I realize that none of the church members share the same values as the pastor and it kind of gets right. muddy. And yeah. And so my question to you is dealing with church revitalization is why is this question so important for church revitalization? Well, let's start with the with with what your observation is as being uh, oftentimes 100 percent spot on is that there's a disconnect or there is a difference between the values of a senior leader versus the values of the organization versus the values of certain people within the organization. Mm-hmm. So the the first way that I would say the importance is the one of the key important factors is unity, is that values will allow us to all be on the same page and allow us to all be um, um, kind of uh, coming from the same motive and the same desire of, of what's important. So for church revitalization, oftentimes, uh, here's my experience, Gary, and I'm going to assume that you've come across this as well. Um, churches that have gone through the stages of church life and they are in a surviving stage sure. that's in need, that's in need of revitalization. Oftentimes that, that going through that evolution, if you will, has caused splintering. It's called dis it's caught, it's caused disunity. It's caused people to have their own ideas of solution it's called so many caused so many different things. Uh, oftentimes, there's people holding on to values of the past. They're not willing to look at the what they need to be or how they need to be different as a future. And so, values are going to truly begin to help a church that needs to be uh, to go through revitalization or have some revitalization to begin to start looking forward. Yeah. Versus spending all of their time looking in the past. So one is unity. A second one is going to be forward thinking is why it's very important. Right. The third one is going to just be this aspect of, of culture, uh, culture building. If your value, if you don't have clear values of what you're trying to communicate as the culture and the ethos of your church moving forward, then you're going to continue to be splintered. You're going to continue to kind of not be on the same page. So, uh, these are all super critical, and I'm going to go as far as to say this, Gary, when it comes to the vision frame right, and the five irreducible questions of leadership, but especially the four that of mission, value, strategy, and outcomes, I don't think there's a side of the frame that is more important than values for church revitalization Yeah, because of the way they will shape culture in the future for the church that's needing to be revitalized. Wow. 
No, that's so good. I, I started laughing in, in my head, not laughing at you, but laughing in my yeah, head. Right. I've talked with people about saying, well, you know, you're not even on the same page as the pastor. Matter of fact, you're not even in the same book. Uh, you're in a whole uh, right. You're in a whole different yeah, book, for sure. library. Um, yeah. But but it's interesting. And and so with your experience and the churches that you've helped in the past, like I think our listeners would love to hear of some examples of a church that yeah. used their values to revitalize their culture. So maybe talk about yeah. that. Give us some examples of some churches that have done that. Yeah. So um, so one of the churches that really comes to mind super fast super quick is Calvary church. It's in North Carolina. It's a church that was uh, a very institutional church. It's a church that strong out of a strong denomination, but really quite frankly had seen not just a plateau, but a decline in the people they were reaching. Uh, It was in need of, uh, of a new direction. And uh, so I want to share with you what I kind of, what I would kind of identify as some absolute, I mean, to the point, direct, borderline Gary, uh, you might even be able to say uh, almost an in-your-face list of values that really help the church become something different than what it had been. Yes. Uh, they, they, used, they used the word over. They used the word over as kind of this, um, uh, this prepositional transition that goes from a value that speaks of what is ideal or utopia sure versus versus a value that has been historically there in their church or that might be expected so listen to these how they play out i, I really think the play on words are pretty strong they talk about value number 1 is god's truth over my opinion mm. god's truth over my opinion once again be a church that's stuck, be a church that's plateaued, be a church that's in decline. And you come into this church and you, you know, you're in this church and all of a sudden you understand that, hey, at the end of the day, it's going to be God's truth is what's most important, not my opinion. Yes. Which is oftentimes we would agree to that in our, in our head, but we don't necessarily practice it with our tongue. Yeah. We don't practice it with our actions, right? Right. And so to be able to say God's truth over my opinion, life transformation over more information. Yeah. You know, what what are churches and what are people sometimes notorious for doing is just being able to do a, a, a brain dump of information that doesn't result in life transformation. So it doesn't matter how good we th- how smart we think we are within our church. Are we seeing lives being transformed? Yes. Here we go. God's mission over my preference. Mm-hmm. What's important to God? God's mission for this church over my personal preference. Yeah. It's kind of back to the upper room, lower room things that we've talked about before, right? Yep. Here we go. Lifestyle of worship. Lifestyle worship over Sunday experience. Now, that one one gets a little bit caught off guard a little bit because, oh, yeah, we love Sunday. We love coming together. Sunday worship is important, right? Yeah, the gathering. Like we're not saying that some of these things are bad. But we're just coming back and saying that it's it's having a lifestyle of worship is what we're going to value. Here we go. All generations over my generation. Yeah. When when we have characteristically seen churches that are stuck time and time again, what happens is you have a siloing of generations. You have a silo, siloing of ministries. You have a siloing of leadership. To where none of those are working together. 
And this church came back and said, you know what? It's not about just, okay, what do the senior adults at our church want? Okay. And that's going to be counterintuitive to what the kids ministry at our church want. It's that we're going to take into consideration all generations over any one person's generation. Right. And then their, their last value that has this kind of over language with it is generous living over ordinary giving. Mm-hmm. generous living over ordinary giving. And it really is that idea that we're going to be generous with, with uh, the way we live our life, not just, not just financially here, by the way, they talk about just being generous with your whole life over just going through ordinarily through the motions of, of just given token time, treasure talent. Um, so pretty big, little, pretty big little contrast of values that speak toward revitalization, meaning we've got to we've got to embody this this list of positive values in order for us to move forward. And they were pretty direct, and so they went into a they had a pretty intentional, um, 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 I would almost kind of say a, a very intentional plan to make sure that they were redirecting people away from a lot of personal preferences that had their church stuck to what the church was looking for. So I know that's a long answer, but I love their list. I love the the weight that their list carries for a church that needs revitalization. No, it's really, it's really good. And I think the values always, you know, when I'm thinking about like me, just my own situation in the past, like when our values were formed, they, they were, they came out of basically behaviors of people doing the things Jesus said to do. And then over time, those values became embodied to the organization that actually led to multiplication. So the the power of values are so so important. And so and and I yes believe, yes I've talked about this before, but I believe everything starts from the top down. You know, from the leadership down. And so if people are living out the generosity, if people are living out life change, if if the leader is living this stuff out, it trickles down into the church, and the church says, "Hey, our." Our pastors live in these values too. We're all in it together. And that ultimately will bring this beautiful unity that we have. Absolutely. And that's very, very, very well said. A lot of times we'll use the phrase, we want to see your values demonstrated. And mm-hmm. oftentimes a, a church knows the values it has because we see those values demonstrated within the church lived out once again, top down from the leaders. No, that's good. So he, here's probably, this is probably a dumb question, but I'll ask it anyway. Uh, churches have different numbers of values. So let's, let's, right. let's kind of boil this down. Like how many values should a church have? You know, Gary, it's not a dumb question. <laughs> it's a fantastic question because there is a, um, you know, there are issues that oftentimes we'll see happen within churches where they'll have so many values, right. number one. It is absolutely hard to know them all because there's so many. So retention, mental retention is an issue. Uh, number two, um, you know that there's an adage and you've heard it and I can start it. And then and then the entire audience can end it. If um, if everything is important, then nothing is. That's how it ends. Right. Yeah. And so if if we say we value everything, then at the end of the day, we really value nothing. That's right. And so we have to actually begin to go through the the process of discovering the values and actually stating the values. So numerically, uh, here's what we would do. 
would come back or here's what, what I would say. Uh, when it comes to values, of course, we always want to think in terms of clear, concise, compelling, catalytic, uh, contextual. When it comes to concise, yeah, I would typically challenge a, a church to have between three and seven values. Seven would be on the highest side. If you have seven, the, to be able to articulate it in a way to mm-hmm. where it's memorable, even though there's seven, would serve you well. Right. Um, not not as hard to you don't have to articulate it as tight when you only have three because three would be easier to remember. But between three to seven would kind of hit that sweet spot range. And and what would be critical is that those three to seven actually kind of reflect who we are as a church, but quite frankly, also where we're headed. So we talk in terms of maybe a three to one ratio of actual to aspirational values. Hmm. So not only three to seven in total number, but I'm going to say a church revitalization has to wrestle with what I would call aspirational values. Now, where this is going to be tension, Gary, is they're not going to, they're not going to see evidences of an aspirational value today because quite frankly, it's aspirational, right? which means it's something that, hope to have down the road. Well, revitalization uh, really comes uh, when we think through that, we have to think of the church that we want to be down the road. So for, it would serve them well to have a number of values that are actual, that they, that they stand by as a church, as a leadership team, but to also filter in a couple of values that would speak to where they're headed as a church. And just because you're an older church doesn't mean you should have seven. I've got churches that are 100, 200 years old that only have three values because they love the importance of simplicity and prioritization, right? Right. And they they know that they don't have to have a value for every year that they've been in in existence, right? right? Which, you know, some churches have that feeling. So it's interesting. So the the value, so I've seen these two different ways and – Sometimes it's interesting to watch it play out. So when you have a collective value, like the whole congregation actually believes in it and they've all kind of agreed, like this is who we are with their kind of identity and they live those values out, there tends to be unity. Whereas when a pastor says, comes out of kind of his office, you know, the the Shekinah glory kind of comes out and says, these are our values. And then people are looking at him like a a fish out of water. Like that's not what we do value. And then there's- There's this resistance, um, yeah. But but it's it's interesting because values really shape who you become, and and it's right. And you you've said it; it's just dead on. So that's really important. So, like, how would a pastor and mi- like ministry leader craft a set of values that will help change the culture or this this ethos of the church? Like, where does it begin? Well, yeah. So that's a great question. Um, one of the things that I've I've provided in the downloadable resources is or two handouts uh, that a pastor could use to help to populate. And, and the first one is just kind of like, where, where might we discover values? Like where might we come up with the list of values other than just one person sitting there popping it off, right? And so one of those could very simply be a a leadership survey, a survey that's provided to leaders. It could be provided to the entire congregation, 
where you could literally ask the question, what are the top three uh, things that our church values? Now, you you know, you're going to get 100, maybe 200 different answers if you ask 10 people. That's okay, but it will populate a list of potential values. Um, a uh, Another one is if we go back to our kingdom concept work, Gary, uh, as a part of a full process, and some of our listeners may need to go back uh, to probably somewhere I would say it's probably our second episode or our third episode uh, in our process that we've talked through where we talked about the collective potential and yeah. we talked about the apostolic spree embedded in those conversation are values that the church has or that that the church aspires to so that's a that's another great uh and quite frankly here's another simple i mean i don't even know that it gets any more simple than this literally asking a, a group of people in a room in a collaborative environment to say you know what is it that we value as a church yes. right yes um and then all you know not every church I would say there's a smaller percentage. I would say maybe around 50% of churches might actually say that they have a list of values. Once again, sometimes those lists just show up overnight. It could have been that pastor sermon that all of a sudden it just showed up. Right. Uh, and that could have been three pastors ago. And somehow they got put on a document somewhere and and that's what it is. And nobody know where they where they came from and they certainly don't have ownership of it. Uh, or it could have been whoever's responsible for the discovering membership class to go, oh, we're supposed to cover values. I don't see any values of our church here. Let me put these in here. And just just putting the participant guide together, they came up with some values, right? So, But there is a place that oftentimes in a church, there is a list of some values, right? But in the download, I've actually provided two more ways to think through values. One is we call Joe Grove. And it's it's really having a group of people just just kind of think through this. It's very simple. It's if Joe moved in or around the church and was there for about three months, got to know us pretty well, what would Joe say is important to us as a church? So it's somebody relatively new to our environment, but they're watching us and they're saying, listen, I may not know a lot about this church's theology. I may not know a lot about their background, but this is what I this is what I'm recognizing to them. Mm. I, I was with the church in in South Florida, and I was not there in a professional means at all. I was there as a um, just in my personal life, right? And as I was engaging the church, literally physically engaging the church, I noticed how beautiful the grounds were. Mm. Now, I live in Florida. I don't live too far from the Disney world and the universal studios and all those types of things, uh, the resorts that are over there. So it's a high, well, this particular church reminded me of just that beautiful aesthetics of landscape. Even their architecture was very important. And it let me know that they value something different than to two to three churches down the road that do good at mowing their grass. And so Joe is going to notice something like that. They're going to notice that there are certain things that become, um, important for ministry decisions. So Joe Grow is like, what would you say? The what would Joe say is important to us as a church? And when you ask people that question, you're going to get their feedback. So that's one fun exercise. Another one we call the best of stories. Once again, a downloadable resource. If they click on the resource tab at the Vitalnomics uh, podcast homepage, uh, then they'll get to the uh, downloadable here. But we call this the best of exercises. The best, excuse me, the best of stories. 
And this is where you're making a best uh, a list of the best of stories that have captured or embody what is really cool about our church. And so, you know, imagine getting a imagine getting seven, eight, ten people that have been around anywhere from two to three years to maybe even twenty years, and just having them tell stories. Yes. Of of just things that have been impactful at their church. Wow, what a great way to cultivate values that maybe you didn't know were there, or maybe you didn't even know how to articulate it, right? And so um, we call these, once again, the best of stories that kind of go on the hall of stories wall, right, that we would begin to tell about. And I bet in in your church uh, and the churches that you've served, Gary, that you could go back and connect a lot of your values. Once again, you said it earlier, you see it demonstrated in the church. What's that demonstration is that we're trying to capture through these stories so, sure. that, uh, so that a pastor can identify these values. Yeah, and I think that's good because the longer, you know, when you're in revitalization, you tend to have your head in the weeds and not upper thinking. So you're trying to figure stuff out under the hood, and sometimes you can't see, smell, or even touch what people are valuing because you're trying to deal with the, the mechanics and systematic problems. So this is good. You're 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 exactly right. You're exactly right, Gary. And and I I think in revitalization, there needs to and I've kind of already shared a little bit of this three to one ratio. There needs to be X amount of 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 time spent on capturing the values that really represent who we've been and who we are, right? But mm-hmm. there also needs to be an equal amount of time to capture some values that need, that should be that are essential. For us to go through revitalization, right? Like we have to become a church. Let me give you an example um, of this, and we can begin to kind of wrap up here. But it, an example would be something like this: you might you might notice through your best of stories that we have done a phenomenal job at at caring for each other, nurturing for each other, being there for each other, biblical community you know, helping our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we would not want that to go away. Right. And it's a, it's a best of story. And, and, but you know, what also could be identified. We could identify that one of our biggest issues is that we've been so inward focused that we're not outward focused. Right. And some of the reason why we need revitalization uh, is because we need to turn our eyes on the people that are not here. We need to, as many as I'm sure we've all heard said, we need to start focusing just equally so on the people we're trying to reach, not just on people we're trying to keep. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And values are going to put us in the position. So it's both and. So we're not throwing one under the bus, but it's like an inward and an outward focus, right? Um, it's, it's not just an inward focused church. So that's a good example of, of once again, uh, discovering and walking through, uh, we put the downloadable of the fire reducible questions, uh, that's there for them to look at. And then a couple of these little quick tools to help them discover and mine out some values. That's so good. I, I love as we, as we come to a close, I, I love the whole post-it note thing that, yeah. Such a yeah. long way. I mean, whoever invented post-it notes was a genius, and I like the big, right. sticky. I know you like the ones that have the lines, uh, but those are great. And if if there was anything I could create in this world, 
it would probably be post-it notes and I wish I wrote the song happy birthday. But other than that, <laughs> um, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I love been, it. It's been great, man. Thank you for, for being uh, love it. again and just advancing the conversation around vitality. And so uh, I know we're going to be continuing this conversation. Yes. But, but to our listeners, you know, I, I really hope that you found this conversation helpful. And I hope that it kind of speeds you up through the thoughts of values faster than Jim's Trans Am. Uh, so I, yeah. I hope that, uh, that you just found this valuable. Go on and download everything. And it's just great to partner with you and to be on this journey together with you. We're here to help. And we thank you so much for listening to Vitalnomics. We'll talk to you on the next go around. 